Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning to you. I'm Kristen Smith, along with Joe Welke. You know, there was a funny line in that song, Jill. It said, I heard you've been sneaking around with Jill. I don't really sneak, though. Oh, wow. (laughs) I did not expect that this morning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not very sneaky. If I'm there, I'm there. You know, I don't even put my boots under my own bed. I just stick them by the door. I mean, that's where I'm going out. Well, yeah, all my, my my boots are all by the door. Uh-huh. <laughs> Multiples. Mul- Multiple pairs. <laughs> of course. You got to have so, one for every occasion, right? Exactly. So did you have a good weekend? I did. It was nice. A little yeah. chilly. little chilly. A little yeah. brisk. I made some cookies on Saturday. Ooh. I brought some for Ooh, you, oh, too. Okay, you're ahead so of you the game. So you don't have to even get it underneath <laughs> your dander. I went to our uh, local 4-H banquet on saturday night and that was a nice gathering very nice and i had my kids over for sunday lunch Ooh, what'd you make i made chicken no excuse me no i made turkey rice and dumpling soup Ooh, that sounds really good it was very good i went well we went to the glass orchard up here in eau claire on saturday very nice great turnout and then yesterday we made porch pots porch pots how many porch pots did you make five Ooh. Three good size ones and two miniature ones because I put them in like little pots and put them in my milk cans. Ooh! Instead of stuffing the whole milk can <laughs> full of porch and pine and birch, it's just a little easier. Well, easier for taking it out later. Yes, and the best part is we've got a nasty forecast coming up, so now I'm all set for outside. Oh, okay. So now I'm all set because we've got snow coming in. Eh, snow does what it does. Snow today, snow tonight, snow tomorrow, snow Wednesday. Yeah. I'm not ready for this. Well, I'm going to be out of town. So. Oh, out of town, I hear you. <laughs> well, we've got a lot of stuff to cover this morning, including a fun story from New Zealand. You guys are going to love this. That's coming up right here on Wax. Keeping it rural 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's going to be a interesting day today. We've got some snow showers coming into the area with up to an inch of accumulation. High of 31. Tomorrow, more snow showers. Again, about that inch. 33. Wednesday, chance more snow with a high of 32. But guess what? Wednesday night, it looks like it's going to go out. So that's some good news. But get outside this morning. Enjoy the weather while you can. Got nothing to lose. We're at 23 degrees right now, looking at a high of 31. But it is 5.01 on 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's check in this morning with some morning news. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. President Biden is expected to give Chinese President Xi Jinping a warning about North Korea later today. Biden will meet with Xi face-to-face for the first time as president on the sidelines of the G20 summit in Indonesia. The White House says Biden will warn Xi that North Korea's continued weapons development will lead to an enhanced U.S. military presence in the region. The University of Virginia is currently on lockdown following reports of a shooting on the school's campus. University police identified the suspect as former UVA football player Christopher Darnell Jones and consider him to be armed and dangerous. Officials haven't given any details about possible injuries or fatalities. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is reporting hundreds of Russian war crimes in Kherson. On Sunday, Zelensky said 400 have already been documented, just days after Moscow's troops withdrew from the region. He added bodies of civilians and military personnel are being found. An investigation is underway after a deadly mid-air collision during an air show in Dallas. A representative from the NTSB's Transportation Disaster Assistance Division is here in Dallas. He is contacting family members of those who were lost to provide support as well as updates to the investigation as they become available. Officials with the National Transportation Safety Board say six people died when a small World War II-era fighter plane crashed into a Boeing B-17 Flying Fortress on Saturday. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. You know, Jill, we mentioned earlier on about a fun story. (laughs) You don't like this story. I think it's kind of ridiculous. You think it's ridiculous? It kind of is. So, are you a movie buff? Sometimes. Sometimes. I've been watching more movies. Ooh, um, I rub it off on you. Yeah. Okay, so you know the movie Shrek. Yes. So you're probably familiar with the line, better out than in. Absolutely. Okay. Well, New Zealand's livestock farmers, belching may soon become costly. Last month, the New Zealand government proposed a policy to help fight our planet's overheating. And by 2025, the country's farmers will have to pay a tax on the planet-warming gases that their animals emit, primarily from belching. Now, that's a big deal considering New Zealand has twice as many dairy cows as it does people and over five times as many sheep. Now, not all New Zealanders are thrilled. Dairy farmers in particular have expressed their discontent with that law. In a mass protest, some are rolling out the large tractors through several of the country's main city centers, including Wellington, Christchurch, and Auckland, to display their anger over the tax. 
The farmers, alongside industry advocates, have now argued in dozens of protests that the belch tax will be too economically burdensome. Now, the belch tax, which would be the world's first, is estimated to reduce gas pollution from these farms by about 20%. I want to know who's <laughs> going to go out there and count the belches and how they're going to do this belch tax. Because I. Mm. How are you going to know? Exactly. Are they going to start counting the people's belch tax too? I mean, seriously, how are you going to. Uh, what are you going to do with sheep? Yeah, yeah. I'm you have go five out. times as many sheep as people. What are you gonna do? Well, I would imagine they'll do a head tax on it, but still, <laughs> I just think I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm almost speechless on this story. I saw this because you sent you know a bunch of stuff over to me last week, and I saw this, and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> of course we're you talking about this because it's just so ah, but. Yeah. I, I just I don't even I don't even know what to say to part of it because I'm like I don't even and how are you gonna how are you gonna measure maybe we're gonna have to put antacids in their food well they can use buffer and stuff and that would help but still that's an extra cost <laughs> I just I don't, I don't know. know what's worse the extra cost or the tax yeah either way you... you're you're losing money in New Zealand absolutely everything wow. is costing you money. <laughs> Well, if that doesn't get things rolling, I guarantee people are going, did she just say that on the air? (laughs) (laughs) Well, so now, if you do not know about belching, you'll have to watch Shrek. Better out than in, he always says. Yes. Yes. I like watching Shrek. I'll have to watch that one again. The first one is still the classic. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, we've got some weather news and markets. More news, but not as insane as this. Coming up right here on Wax. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And looking at your weather today, we've got some snow showers coming in. About an accumulation of up to an inch of snow with a high of 31. Tonight, some spotty light snow with a low of 28. Tomorrow, more snow showers, high of 33. Again, another about up to an inch. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy and some snow, 28 degrees. Wednesday, guess what? More snow, 32 degrees, and Wednesday night, we've got cloudy skies, no snow, and a low of 20 degrees. Right now, temperatures in the area, we've got Medford at 17 degrees, La Crosse at 24, Marshfield at 19, Green Bay, 23 degrees, Rice Lake, 22, as is Wausau, Madison is at 23, Milwaukee's at 27, and right here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee area, we're at 23 degrees. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. That's right. We are the Midwest Farm Report here at Wax. We call it the Wax Morning Show, Wax Farm Show, whatever we want to call it. But let's get to those markets. They'll be brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Jill, kick us off. What's going on? Well, we're going to start with our wheat and gray in Chippewa Falls. The get cash price for corn is five ninety four with soybeans at thirteen seventy three, and at Connorsville, corn is at five ninety one with soybeans at thirteen sixty three. Then we're going to roll on over to our cash livestock. Choice fed beef steers are one forty five to one fifty seven with mixed at ninety to one forty two. Choice fed beef heifers are one forty five to one fifty four with mixed at eighty four to one forty two. Choice fed Holstein steers are 128 to 142 with select and silage fed steers 77 to 127. 
Cows are 64 to a dollar. Bulls are 60 to 98. Butcher hogs are 65 to 91 with sows at 42 to 57. Boars are 19 to 23. Shorn and unshorn market lambs are both a dollar to a dollar 10 with feeder lambs at 50 to 207 and a half. Thank you, Jill. And looking at the mercantile exchange, we've got live cattle for December. At one fifty one fifty two, that's down a dollar fifty five. February's at one fifty three twenty five, down a dollar seventy seven. April's at one fifty seven oh five, down a dollar forty five. Feeder cattle for November's at one seventy six ninety five, down a dollar sixty seven. January's at one seventy eight fifty seven, that was down three twelve. March is at one eighty one fifteen, down two sixty five. Lean hogs for December's at eighty four thirty five, down fifty two cents. February's at 88.40, down 42 cents, and April's at 94.10, down 12 cents. On the Chicago Board of Trade, we're looking at December corn down three at 6.54, December oats up two at 3.89, March soybeans down 11 cents to 14.38, December soybean meal down only 70 cents per ton at 406.70 a ton, December wheat down four at 8.09. Looking at the dairy side, barrel cheese had a good day last week, up two and a quarter cent to 206 and a quarter. Your blocks were up on Friday, six and a half cents to two twenty. Double A grade butter was unchanged at two ninety and a half. And your class three futures for November were up two at twenty ninety eight. December up a nickel at twenty one fifty eight. January slipped a nickel to twenty one twenty seventy nine. February down three at twenty fifty five. March was down a dime at twenty thirty seven. And those markets were mixed through next fall. And Jill, we got to do some news here. Catch me up. What's going on? So last week, U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin announced $22.9 million in awards to support dairy businesses and producers under the Dairy Business Innovation Incentive Grant Program, including over $7 million for Wisconsin. The awards are part of the 2022 annual appropriations provided by Congress and are in addition to the $80 million in supplemental funds from the American Rescue Plan Act awarded to four DBI initiatives back in June. Senator Baldwin authored the bill creating the Dairy Business Innovation Initiative Program in 2018. That's kind of a tongue twister, Dairy Business Innovation Initiative Program. I think I did pretty well with it once. (laughs) Appropriations got you, though, huh? (laughs) You did. It got me. (laughs) Well, we're actually going to be talking grazing. I know this morning the deer count was low. The deer were not out grazing this morning. I was kind of upset about that. Clear skies, snow front coming in, no deer. Well, you saw some other stuff, though, right? Yeah, two cats and a fox. <laughs> All I saw was roadkill uh, skunk. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about skunks. They've been everywhere, though, lately. You see them pretty much every road you hit. But where you got grazing, that's coming in next right here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. At this fall's West Central Wisconsin Grazing Conference, Randy Jackson came up from the University of Wisconsin-Madison Grassland Ecology Professor and uh, the Grasslands 2.0 Project Leader. And uh, Randy, the Grasslands 2.0 Project, what is it? Thanks, Bob. Uh, The Grassland 2.0 Project is um, really an effort to understand what the impediments are to moving our livestock production in Wisconsin and the upper Midwest to a primarily grassland basis. We have sufficient data now over the, from over the decades and, and even centuries <laughs> indicating that we need to restore a significant amount of our grassland in order to have clean water, stable climate, biodiversity, 
all these good things that we want out of the landscape in addition to productive you know milk and meat production and uh, we can have those things it's probably a little bit less productive to grow everything on grass but at the same time if we're getting all these other benefits what are the opportunities to helping farmers provide all those benefits for us uh, while they're producing milk and meat so that's really what we're doing We're, we're trying to explore that space and we're and we're doing that primarily by working with farmers and community members uh, to, to explore, like, what would that look like? Now, the project, is this a university project, uh, a DATCAP project, a USDA project, uh, all the above? Well, it is a university project in that the university is leading it, but with a lot of partners from non-governmental organizations and governmental organizations. So the DATCAP and DNR are project partners, uh, along with other universities, uh, a lot of county-level uh, folks, land county uh, district uh, folks, water conservation district folks. But it is funded by the USDA in, in its current uh, incarnation. So we're always looking for more funding to keep going. And it, it was a five-year project. We're now just starting year four. So already we're starting to think about what's next. And as you talk to grazers in Wisconsin, you use the term function. And explain function and what that means as far as the grazing project and the situation we're in now, losing all the grasslands that we we had from centuries ago. When ecosystem ecologists talk about function, they're talking about how carbon cycles into, within, and out of an ecosystem, whether it's an agricultural system or a, a forest or a prairie, whatever it might be. Uh, all ecosystems cycle carbon. They all cycle nitrogen. They all cycle phosphorus. And so the function is the way we talk about how, how well they do those things. So, for instance, we know that prairies built soil carbon. They built soil, and carbon was a significant part of that soil. And so when we talk about restoring ecosystem function of agriculture, we're really talking about finding agriculture that can build soil rather than erode it, rather than wear it away. As we look at where we've come to from where we were with the prairies and the grasslands of before, the challenge to feed the world is there, and it's, it's a challenge, as you said. It might be a, a little different, but uh, the result could be catastrophic if we lose all of our grasslands. It's a, it's a challenge. Yeah, and we have lost most of our original prairie grassland here in Wisconsin. There's less than half of 1% of it remaining. But the soil is still there, and that's the soil that we benefit from when we grow our agricultural crops. And I, all we're suggesting with Grassland 2.0, I say all we're suggesting, it's a, it's a huge transformation, I get it. But what we're suggesting is that we need to mine less of that soil. And in fact, we need systems that actually rebuild and put back uh, a significant amount of that soil as we're providing for our wants and needs. You mentioned feeding the world, and we don't feed the world now. That's not what we do in the upper Midwest, and that's not what we do in the U.S. The crops that we grow primarily feed livestock that are in confinement. And what we're suggesting is that rather than growing these crops in a way that fundamentally undermines water quality, air quality, climate, etc., biodiversity, rather than doing that so we can feed confined animals in the Great Plains, Let's bring the animals back and let them graze themselves in ways that actually enhance our ecosystems. You say mining the soil. What we're doing is mining the soil now. 
What do you mean by that? What's going on? Well, it's pretty clear from lots of data that our annual grain crops, which we've bred and selected over the millennia to put most of their photosynthesis, most of their photosynthate, their energy, above ground, that we're not giving back enough to the soil. And so what we're doing is mining the carbon and the nutrients that have accumulated in the soil. They're being liberated off to the atmosphere or into our waterways, but we're not replacing it. And so that, to me, is the definition of mining or extraction. And I don't mean that to say that anybody's doing that nefariously. They're not doing it on purpose. That's just the system we have. And that's a big part of what we're trying to change here is the narrative around what good farming means. To me, good farming starts with we replenish and build and regenerate the soil so that future generations can do the same things that we do today. Otherwise, we're just borrowing from the future when we extract more from the soil than we actually put back. A lot of effort now on uh, carbon sequestration. Even the administration in Washington has gotten involved in this. But is this kind of like a finger in the dike, so to speak? Well, I, I think that there is some, some great hope that building carbon or efforts to build carbon in soils to help stabilize the climate, which is what you're referring to, this so-called climate smart ag. I think the data are, uh, I'm a little dubious about the opportunity to actually offset all the carbon that we're putting into the atmosphere through combustion of fossil fuels. But that's the auspices under which this whole thing is framed, that if we could just build enough carbon in the soil, we could keep burning fossil fuel the way we are, and we just can't. So we have to reduce fossil fuel combustion. In the meantime, the practices like perennial grassland and grazing, well-managed grazing, the practices that we think have our best chance of actually building carbon, it has all kinds of other benefits too. It helps hold on to nutrients, it cleans up our water, helps provide habitat for biodiversity. So I'm bullish about trying to help stabilize the climate with our ag systems. I don't know if it'll get us where we need to go in terms of the climate, but it'll have a lot of other co-benefits that we desperately need. But it can't happen overnight. We're talking a long time period because even guys that talk about uh, putting land in the, in the uh, conservation reserve program, long-term conservation reserve program, 15, 20 years, the benefits of carbon sequestration, it's minimal. It is true that building carbon in the soil in a way that's going to help stabilize the climate is a long-term game. And so this is one of the reasons I'm a little dubious about, you know, paying farmers to help stabilize the climate. Our data are pretty clear that uh, the longer a pasture has been a pasture, the more likely it is to have built carbon uh, significantly. And so figuring out policies and incentives to maintain a system over decades to hundreds of years, it seems a little dicey to me. And that's Randy Jackson talking about grazing. Some interesting stuff there, Jill, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> I always catch you with your mic up. <laughs> well, I kind of turn it away in case I might, you know, belch or something. Oh, yeah. So I don't want to put that over the air. Well, we'll have to tax you on it. Absolutely. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring on the taxes for the belch tax. Oh, my gosh. World's first. That's what we need to know. But, you know, we need to say thank you to some people first. Of course we do. We need to say thank you to all the farmers and everyone associated with farming, the truckers, the milk haulers, everyone out there, the veterinarians, you know, for helping all the farmers out. And we want to say thank you to them. But we want to do something more than just say thank you. We want to give them pork for Christmas. 
I mean, what better way to open up Christmas than a big seven cubic foot freezer and a half a hog in it? Well, I think just getting the freezer along with the hog is the best part. Oh, one of the best man. parts. You know, you, you don't even, I mean, barbecued ribs at Christmas, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. So if you want to get a chance to win this half a hog and the chest freezer, you have to go to the Midwest Farmery Report tab on waxradio.com, or you can use the Wax app if you have that on your phone. Otherwise, go to ra- Wax, oh my gosh, can't speak today, waxradio.com, click on the Midwest Farm Report, and register to win the half a hog courtesy of Smith Brothers Meats out of Colby, and the seven cubic foot freezer courtesy of Abbotsford Appliance, obviously up in Abbotsford. So get a chance to win a half a hog with us. But we got to keep moving on. We're going to be talking... Well, more prices. We're going to head over to Premier Livestock and see how his sale went. He'll come in next. And it's time to check in with Rocky Olson this morning. Good morning, Rocky. How's it going up by you? Hey, good morning. Doing well. Good. So we've got some snow coming in. Are you ready for that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I agree with you 100%. I'm not ready for it either. Well, catch us up. You've got a big week coming up, and you had a great week last week. Catch us up. What's going on? Uh, thank you, Kristen. Good morning, everyone. This is how last week's auction shaped up. Uh, we sold over 2,500 head of livestock. Fed cattle traded steady. High choice and prime Holstein steers, 129 to 139. Select low choice, 115 to 124. Choice B steers and heifers, 127 to 142. Market cows high yielding from 71 to 85. Most of the other cows from 57 to 70. Market bulls high yielding, 88 to $1.06. Lower yielding, 87 and down. Organic market cows sold every Monday, mostly from 75 to 98. Newborn Holstein bull calves traded mostly from 75 to $205 per head. Your beef calves from 150 to 395 per head. Uh, this week at Premier Tuesday, special feeder cattle auction, also bread stock cow auction. Uh, expecting a big run of uh, livestock for that sale. Call in those consignments uh, on the beef cows. Uh, just make sure you have them in uh, uh, here on Monday night or Tuesday morning before 9 for price checks. Wednesday, we got two complete herd dispersals. we got a 60-cow Holstein herd, going to be over 35 years of AI breeding, uh, tie stall cows. And we got another herd that's just pending as of this morning, uh, going to be registered. Holstein's going to be some registered brown Swiss, all the cows, all the heifers. Uh, watch the website today for details on that registered herd. Um, also, uh, we got many very fancy uh, parlor freestall cows for this week. Here's 23 fresh two-year-olds from one farm. Uh, they're going to sell on test. Two other groups, uh, two other big loads of fresh heifers as well. One load of them being uh, all registered and the other load being partly registered. Uh, we also have some nice registered Registered Jersey dairy cows. Uh, full listing with details on our websites at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us, 715-229-2500. Uh, don't forget this Friday, that's going to be our machinery auction. We're going to start at 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we're going to sell in three rings all day. Note, uh, like I said, there is one, our whole new parking lot. That's all offline items that will be not online. Uh, so make sure you bring some auction buddies with you. We're going to have online bidding through equipmentfacts.com, and obviously we'll have uh, you can uh, call stop in if you want her coming through uh, you can get a number before Friday if you want to and if you do want to start bidding on online items you can uh, put bids on that stuff now uh, you can put bids on there and the computer will bid for you if you like too so any questions call us anytime 715-229-2500 and that's the way it shaped up Kristen excellent well hopefully the weather will be decent on Friday 
We'll be there no matter what. So. Sounds good. All right, you have a great day and get ready for the snow. All right, thank you. There he goes, Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock this morning. And now we've got to head over and check in with some weather. Got to see what's going on in the skies with our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, Mike Dandria. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Kristen. How are you? So I have a question. I thought about this this morning. Uh-oh. So, you know how everyone fears going to the dentist? Uh-huh. Are you kind of like the dentist when it's bad weather? <laughs> you know, I like, understand. no one wants to talk to you. No one wants to hang out with you because, oh, he he gave us bad weather. You know, what's what's kind of funny about that is... Uh, this, you just went to the dentist. <laughs> well, no, but that was, a couple, that was about a month ago. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I was coming home from a wedding yesterday uh, in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. So that was about a four, four and a half hour drive. Oof. But a lot of people, I had a lot of texts on my phone from, like, my friends, like, how much are we expecting on Monday? Like, what's what's Monday looking like? What's Tuesday looking like? And I was like, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really look at it too much through the weekend. I was going to look at that when I go to work on Monday morning. And uh, so then I got into work this morning and looked at it. And, yeah, it looks like it could be uh, rather impactful because today we'll have those chances for some snow showers starting around the mid-morning hours. So your early morning commute is going to be just fine. But going into the evening commute, that's where we'll have a few chances at some slick spots. So keep that in mind. Our highs mostly around the 30 degree mark. Tonight, a few of those snow showers hanging around, but otherwise tapering off late uh, through the overnight and otherwise cloudy temperatures dipping only to about the upper 20s. More chances for snow heading into tomorrow. Now, by the time this is all said and done tonight, we could see around a half inch to an inch and a half in a few spots as well. Again, uh, causing some of those impacts. Tuesday, more chances for snow showers and may even linger into Wednesday and possibly into early on Thursday. Most of our highs around the mid-30s. And then we have a strong push of Arctic air heading our way. We'll stay dry but mainly cloudy going into Friday and Saturday with highs into the upper teens and low 20s. Slightly warmer with more sunshine on Sunday but still only into the mid-20s. And right now, overcast and a temperature of 24 degrees in Eau Claire. That's not just too bad. No, it's not not too, too bad, but over the next few days, I mean, like I said, the travel impacts are going to be uh, the big thing, so. Well, in uh, in my defense, though, Mike, I got to tell you, I like my dentist. <laughs> so even though you, you gave me a forecast of snow, I still like you. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad that I could, uh, I'm still liked around here. Yes, I didn't even know of a cane today. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, this is just a drill. Oh, wow. But I'm tisk. Wow. Nice. <laughs> I better be put to sleep for this conversation. Oh. (laughs) All right. Well, you have a good one, Kristen. Thank you so much. We'll catch you later. Mm -hmm. Bye. There he goes, our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, Mike Dandria, this morning. And, I mean, Jill, you know where I'm at on that, you know. Yeah, I don't really enjoy going to the dentist. I don't, you know, I mean, who does? I mean, not to be mean to the dentist. They're great. They do their job. And thank goodness they do. But. Yeah, and I don't even have I don't have any teeth issues or anything like that, so I don't really have a reason to not like going. I think it's just like the fear factor, like you can't talk, they're in your mouth and Well, I think the the funniest thing they do is they got both hands in your mouth and they start talking to you and then you're supposed to answer. I know you're like like, Hi, hi, hi. (laughs) How are you doing? And I just hold up a thumb. I'm like, Great (laughs) Cause you can't talk and it's like I think they're just talking to do something, but Yeah. I agree. I hate to answer because then it's like that. <laughs> well, I might bite them too. Ooh, she's a biter. Uh-huh. We heard it right here on Wax. Jill's a biter. <laughs> well, we got to keep moving along. We can't be talking about Jill biting people. People will be running away. 
So we've got to get to our morning news, and hopefully it does, she doesn't bite us. We've got Morgan McCarthy coming in. Good morning, Morgan, and catch us up. What's going on in the news today? Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Out of the weekend and into a new week, we start with an Eau Claire man being charged with leading state troopers on a chase that crossed roads and yards at times, topping over 100 miles an hour. Police say the chase began early last Tuesday. A pickup truck had passed a trooper's car at a high rate of speed, followed and crossed backyards of at least two homes before the driver jumped out of the truck as it was moving and ran into a cornfield where he was captured. Charges that include reckless endangerment and safety and drug possession have been filed against 37-year-old Nicholas Fisher as he's now now due back in court next month. Well, an Eau Claire man has been charged with providing fentanyl to a man that led to his overdose. Police say 36-year-old Edward Wells has been charged with several offenses, including first-degree reckless homicide, possession of fentanyl, and bail jumping. Wells is charged with the death of a man who was found near Oakwood Mall this past August. He had no pulse, not breathing. Wells now due in court December 1st. While the snow is coming, makes hunters a little bit happy about some tracking possibilities that might be in the future. And as you're heading out to the woods, a reminder here as, of course, you see the turdy pointer, the heart starts beating. But doctors actually say that rush and strain for hunting isn't always a good combination if you have problems. Dr. Marcus Sublet saying. When folks are not used to doing that, they put a lot more stress on their heart they otherwise have been doing. And so sometimes when people are deer hunting, that's the first time they start to feel symptoms. He goes on to say hunters who start to feel unwell, maybe short of breath or have chest pains, want to stop and rest and then maybe ask for help if you're having difficulty hauling that deer out of the woods. On that note, when it comes to the venison, if you're looking to donate, the uh, Department of Natural Resources is urging hunters to do that through a deer donation program. 715 Newsroom coverage with John DeMaster explains a little more. The initiative provides meat for those in need at food pantries across the state. Individuals that would like to donate a harvested deer are asked to call ahead to a participating processor to confirm they have space to accept it. DNR officials say more than 3.8 million pounds of venison have been donated since the program launched in 2000. I'm John DeMaster. As our GoPad Go seemed to get a little bit back on track, celebrating a win over the Cowboys in Lambeau. That was nice to see, right? Starting the week on that foot. The foot of Mason Crosby, really. And with that, we take it to Kentucky. A northern mayor is over after a coin flip. What, Trey? Votes were tied last week in the race to become mayor of the small city of Butler. Incumbent Greg McElfresh and Mason and Taylor both got 55 votes with a third candidate getting 15. Kentucky law states tied elections must be decided by lots, meaning the winner is chosen at random. Taylor won thanks to the coin landing on tails. He will now represent over 600 people as mayor. I'm Trey Thomas. Well, we flipped the coin to cowtails and head back to the barn with Kristen Jill and the Midwest Farm Shows. We're live, local, and right along with you on Wax 104.5. And thank you so much, Morgan. And hopefully she'll be careful on her drive home, as we all will. So, yeah, we've got some snow coming in, so be aware of the road conditions. Extra time is okay. Drive slow. It's better to be late than not show up at all. So be careful out there when the snow starts flying. We've got more markets and news and weather coming up yet here on Wax. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We are about 17 minutes before the 6 o'clock hour. Time to check in with morning markets. We're going to head over to the Equity El Tuna Barn. Check in with Jim Lindsay. Jim, catch us up. How'd the sale go on Friday? 
Three to six hundred pound beef steers, a dollar forty to a dollar eighty-five. Six to nine hundred pound beef steers, a dollar thirty to a dollar seventy-nine. Three to six hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar twenty to a dollar seventy-three. Six to nine hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar fifteen to a dollar seventy. Three to six hundred pound Holstein steers, a dollar to a dollar thirty-three. Six to nine hundred pound Holstein steers, ninety to a dollar twenty-four. Our next special feeder sale is next Friday, November eighteenth. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market and Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Jim, as you too. Have a good day. Now we're going to head over to the Stratford Equity Barn and check in with Jerry Fitzgerald. Good morning, Jerry. Kristen, and a very good morning to you. It's uh, all the stuff that happened last week. It uh, seems like it's been a long time since I talked to you, but it's just a week, right? I know. It's just a week. And guess what? You get me today, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Oh, that's Bob's actually going to show up tomorrow? Yes. Apparently, he's going to oh. show. Well, anyway, uh, you ladies were talking about a lot of stuff before, so if you want to throw another useless trivia thing for your collection, today is National Pickle Day, so, you know... <laughs> So when they serve you a pickle at your restaurant with your hamburger, make sure you eat it, you know. I'll see what I can do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jerry, catch us up. What's going on over at the Stratford Equity Barn? Yeah, let's get to something serious. And have, Anyway, Kristen, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. This will be the sales schedule this week here at Equity Stratford. And pre-hunting week, so uh, we're looking for a busy week here. We do get started uh, Monday morning here right away with a market auction today. We do sell conventional market cows uh, this morning along with fed cattle uh, and the market bull. Baby cows this morning at 11.30. Tomorrow, Tuesday, busy day here. 10 o'clock start tomorrow. We get started with the uh, hay and bedding auction. We do have hay and bedding available already for that sale. 11 o'clock tomorrow will be the dairy auction, and also on Tuesday we do sell organic market cows along with the conventional market cows. All that will be tomorrow. Moving ahead to Wednesday, uh, Wednesday auction starts in the morning early at 10 o'clock. We do have full marketing day on Wednesday, of course. We do feature most of our fed cattle are sold on Wednesday along with the market cows and sheep, hog, and goats. Baby calves, feed cattle sale this week will be a noontime start. And, of course, on our Thursday auction, that will start at 11 with market auction and baby calves. So, again, like I said, uh, we're anticipating a large marketing week always ahead of uh, uh, hunting season because abbreviated schedule next week here at Stratford, of course. So um, uh, market your cattle accordingly that way, and uh, we'll see what uh, the markets bring this week again. Uh, mostly a steady trend last week. Uh, cows were a little bit weaker at the close. Calves mostly steady. So we'll see how things transpire today. And with that information, we'll be back here tomorrow morning, Tuesday, to, uh, to let all the folks know how things are going. And, uh, well, I guess the big topic, of course, the weather. Uh, so I'm, you know, like I said, it comes every year. So folks, uh, you know, use common sense, transporting your livestock, because, well, was the last week at this time, we were talking 60, and today we're talking, what, 20? Yeah, 20s and 30s. Oh, well, anyway, so I guess if you don't have your outside work done by now, uh, you'll probably have to wait till next spring, huh? That's okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yep. Well, you girls have a nice day, and we will uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow, or Bob will be back tomorrow. So, and uh, in the meantime, enjoy the day. Stay warm, I guess. Yes, stay warm and stay safe. Take the time on the roads. Uh, you don't have to tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Jerry. Talk to you later. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald, over at the Stratford Equity Barn. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 
We are almost to deer hunting season later this week, as a matter of fact, and that means a lot of vehicles will be driving across fields uh, this way and that way. But does that do damage to our hay? Dan Undersander is with us on our next Grow Alfalfa update program. And, Dan, I know uh, we talk about wheel traffic uh, going out and assessing stands, harvesting, and staying the same tracks, this, that, and the other thing. But, but again, I'm sure this weekend and for the next week, there are going to be plenty of vehicles, be they pickups or whatever, going across these alfalfa stands. That's not good, is it? No, it's not, Bob. We should make an effort to stay off of fields or to drive around them as much as we can. We did a lot of research on this, well, maybe 20 years ago now, and it's being revisited. But basically what we found when we worked with uh, entire fields and field machinery, where we gained a half ton per acre yield when we went from a 10-foot mower to a 13-foot mower. And, of course, the principle being that we were covering less of the alfalfa with wheel tracks. There are a couple things about this that can be done to, obviously, to minimize the damage, though, since we obviously have to drive over the field to harvest it. The actual damage to the alfalfa that reduces yield appears to be to... Uh, breaking off parts of the stem and the plants and uh, particularly damaging any regrowth that might be occurring. It also is important to us when we think about hauling haylage off the field. Uh, We've uh, seen some situations where when we chop haylage and we drive randomly across the field, we cover a high percentage of the field. So it is an important consideration to us uh, do consider that the weight of the tractor is not significant, uh, whether we have a 10,000-pound or a 40,000-pound tractor, we're going to break the stems either way. In fact, uh, what you'll see in some cases even is pickup wheel tracks across the field. And that's why it's important to think of it at this time, because as the pickups drive across the field, they too are breaking off stems and crowns and causing damage and reducing the yield potential for next year. So think not about weight, but about the amount of the field that's covered with wheel traffic. Uh, Consider that the closer to mowing that the wheel traffic occurs, the less damage it occurs. So when we make hay, we have more yield loss than when we make haylage. Then also consider all of these... um, extra trips that we might make over the field. The other thing I'll just be quick to point out at this point is while we don't have a lot of snow along the region yet, uh, snowmobiling is an issue because where we snowmobile on the fields, we pack the snow and then it doesn't insulate the alfalfa as much as the loose fluffy snow in between the snowmobile tracks. So we end up with, uh, in the spring, oftentimes seeing snowmobile tracks uh, be stunted, uh, green up later, and have less yield than areas that didn't have snowmobile tracks on them. If we do drive on it, try to minimize the percentage of the field covered with wheel traffic. One of the things we saw, for instance, is people making hay on alfalfa fields. If we use a bale accumulator, 
we may have only driven a couple thousand feet over the field. If we picked up each bale individually, we may have driven four or five miles over the field. So again, treat those alfalfa stands tenderly because those wheels do do damage. Dan Undercenter, our state forage specialist with us on our Next Girl Alfalfa Update program. Thank you so much, Bob. And now we got to check in with our morning markets. On the Chicago Board of Trade, we've got your December corn down three cents at six fifty four. December oats up two at three eighty nine. Your March beans were down eleven at fourteen thirty eight. December soybean meal was down seventy cents at four oh six seventy a ton. December wheat down four at eight oh nine. We've got on the dairy side, barrel cheese up two and a quarter cent to two oh six and a quarter. Your blocks were up six and a half cents to two twenty, and your double A grade butter was unchanged at two ninety and a half. On those class three futures, we've got November up two at twenty ninety eight, December up a nickel at twenty one fifty eight, January down a nickel at twenty seventy nine, February down three at twenty fifty five, March was down a dime at twenty thirty seven, and those markets were mixed through fall. Country elevators in the area, we've got Golden Plump in Arcadia at 615 for corn. Baldwin, Mondovi, and Elmwood, 610 for corn, 1354 for beans. Durand is at $6 and 1345. Fall Creek is at 590 and 1329. Osseo's at 615 for corn, 1359 for beans. Elk Mound is at $6 and 1357. Ellsworth is at 580 and 1314. Wheat Wheat and grain is at five ninety five for corn and thirteen seventy four for beans. Ethanol plants in the area: Boyceville's at six oh three, Stanley's at six oh seven, New Richmond's at six oh seven. So that's a look at those morning markets. And Jill, are you ready for the snow? Um, it's going to come whether I'm ready or not. Well, you got your shovel outside? Uh, no. Well, I'm not sure where my shovel is. Wow, you what? are not prepared for this. I'm not. Do you got your lime in the truck? A little extra weight. Actually, yes. Ah, I, knew, I knew you'd have something ready. <laughs> yep, the boots are in the car, the hats, the mittens. You never know. You always got to prepare for the worst and hope it doesn't happen. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are at that time. We got to get our chores done. It's time to go and get to work. And Alex Edwards, he'll be coming in next. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadah. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.